Welcome to Fakes and Frauds, a podcast about hoaxes, deception, and straight-up scams. Today we have a very special episode with a very special guest, and a very special theme as well. It's it's it just everything is special today. Um, so special. So special. Today we have a, a guest, a good friend of mine called Clovis. Hello, Clovis. Hi, Glennis. Thank you so much for having me. Very excited. <laughs> good. Um, Clovis, why don't you introduce yourself? Why don't you tell us a little bit about how you make money, uh, how you pass the time, <laughs> and um, how and why you're here today? Uh, hi. Hi there. My name is Clovis uh, Phillips. Um, Clovis <laughs> is my real name. Uh, that's normally what, what people then say. Um, but um, I am a musician. Uh, and um, I, run a, I, I run a recording studio where I produce people's songs and put lots of instruments on them. Uh, and uh, yeah, that's it. Really. But that is all in Mid Wales. And um, <laughs> I believe that's the, that's the plot. I twist. believe that might be the theme of today's uh, podcast. Well, you do believe correctly. Um, and actually, this being the, the Fakes and Frauds podcast, I. I thought quite apt being the Welsh representative from it because I mean I am I am from Wales but I'm not as as you may have noticed uh, the most Welsh sounding person. No, that is true. Um, but you know, it, budget cuts couldn't really get the bigger <laughs> the bigger Tom Jones character. <laughs> so um, so you you will do just fine. Not to worry. I'll do my best to um, represent the Welsh people. Uh, how is your Welsh language knowledge? My Welsh language knowledge is uh, sorry, I've gone Welsh. <clears throat> um, we we all have to learn in school here. So when I was a kid, we had to learn. Um, but the area that I'm in, actually, most um, a lot of people from England have moved in, like oh. my parents. Hence, I sound like I'm from Kent. Um, but uh, so they all kind of think, oh, nobody speaks Welsh. It's stupid to learn. Um, but actually, lots of people speak Welsh. And just, just out in the hills, which I can see outside my beautiful window here, uh, lots of people will be speaking Welsh. Um, uh, but my Welsh skills are actually quite low. Um, I learned in school, but I'm not that great. But I did, I, I did for a while speak, uh, not speak, I did for a while play in a Welsh language folk reggae band. As, of um, course, is a coming of age experience for any. I mean, as we all do here, you yeah. know, you you turn about 19 and they say, right, Johnny, it's time for you to go and play in a Welsh folk reggae band. Uh, and uh, so that actually exposed me to a lot more Welsh speaking. Like there's tons. There's like absolutely loads. Uh, it's just that all the people who speak English aren't talking to the people who speak Welsh in Welsh. So they think there's no English. Right. Uh, uh, they think there's no Welsh. But, yeah. Uh, there is. Yeah. Okay. Um, great. So, um I, I suppose it's worth mentioning, maybe going a little bit into Welshness. For yeah. um, much of our listeners do not um, live in on this side of the world in the United Kingdom. Mm-hmm. Um, many live uh, in Canada and America. Mm-hmm. So, so I suppose, what is Wales? Is it is it a province? Is it a country? What is Welshness? What does it mean to be Welsh? I think. You know, we know we know the Irish. We've got that. They've you know infiltrated that side of That's the world. That's clear. Yeah, we, the Scots. Okay, cool. We can grasp that. But Welsh? Who the fuck is Welsh? What is Welshness? Well, Wales has a very rich history. We do a lot of singing. 
Um, Wales is a it's 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 a constituent country of the United Kingdom. Um, it's 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 probably the smallest one, probably maybe the same size as Northern Ireland. Uh, and um, we're a very proud people, and we like rugby. Mm. Uh, but we often, I think, like maybe people from Canada. I'm not sure if they get this, but definitely people from New Zealand uh, get the sheep shagger thing. Right. Um, so in uh, p- particularly when people like me from Wales would go to university, you'd, you'd get called a sheep shagger. Um, right. Which do, is, uh, do you personally engage in sexual activity with with sheep, or? Well, whenever anybody would ask in university, which like, people actually would, which is quite which is quite incredible. They'd be like, oh, so uh, yeah, you know. Uh, so you're from Wales, yeah? Oh, mate. So, uh, you know, you know, do they? I'm like, do they, do they what? You know, you know, like out in the fields, mate. What, what? what do, actually shag sheep. So, so generally I would just say yes. Yes, they do. Okay. But obviously, obviously no, not. But there is a, uh, a, a theory uh, there, there is a theory um, which is on Urban Dictionary, oh. and it says the Welsh is a race that's misunderstood by their neighbours, the English, due to their craftiness and intelligence. The English call the Welsh sheep shaggers due to an old trick by the Welsh against their gullible English neighbours in medieval times, when the English had a nasty habit of fucking sheep. <gasps> I'm reading this as as it's written. Sorry for right. swearing. When Wales had to adopt English law, they noticed the penalty for shagging a sheep was less than stealing one due to the English's habits. So whenever they were caught stealing sheep, they would instead say they were planning to fuck it instead to avoid the fine. (laughs) Therefore, there's a very long list of crimes involving Welshmen shagging sheep, although it's only the English who who apparently would ever fuck a sheep. It's 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 just another example of the Welsh tricking the English once again. I did look into this to try and to try and kind of find out if it was true, um, and I can't find reference to it anywhere apart from on the Urban Dictionary. I mean, the Urban Dictionary is a, a very reputable source. I think um, I feel like my name has a, a hilarious definition on there as well. Glennis, Glennis does sound like a Welsh name. It is a Welsh name, actually. Yeah, of course, I should have led with that. No, it is a Welsh name. Um, it means holy, as in nice holy shit. That's a beautiful lady named Glennis. No, it is Welsh. Well, a lot of people ask me if I'm Welsh, but I'm I'm not. Welsh for peace and love. A defender oh. of justice. You want one in your corner, for she will defend you for life. A rare gem. What? That's this nice. is on Urban Dictionary. Yeah. Oh, um, I thought it was others. like I thought Urban Dictionary only did like weird, gross stuff. Oh, uh, like there's Glennis. A... Okay. There's a, there's a second one. Go on then. Welsh for tree by the cottage at the end of the valley by the dog drinking water. One more thing about Wales. Yeah. Uh, people, I, I, uh, people, particularly when I went to university or whatever, when when you say you're from Wales to someone, people often say, "Oh, can you say the uh, place name?" Because we have the longest oh, place yes. name in Europe, um, which is uh, very exciting. Go on then. Oh, you want me to say it? I don't know. Go on. Yeah, sure. <laughs> it's, uh, <clears throat> I just got to take a deep breath. Llanfair pwchgwyngych gogerych gwyndrobl llantysilio gogogoch. Sorry, I think I think it just broke up there. Um, <laughs> just, <laughs> some gibberish coming in. Cool. Well, 
Um, if you're still with us, uh, thank you for, <laughs> yeah, for sticking through that. We have a great episode today. We have um, basically this is how it's going to go down, right? Listen up. Mm-hmm. Number one, introduce Clovis. Tick. Done. Number two, ask Clovis about his Welsh scams. It's not done yet. That one's coming up. <laughs> then we're going to go into a tale that I promise you will blow your mind. I'm very excited. Especially if you're abroad. Uh, there's a pretty good chance that you've not heard of this if you're residing outside of the United Kingdom. Mm-hmm. Um, but even if you are residing in the United Kingdom, I highly suggest you stick around because I went into this case thinking, no prob. I know what I'm doing. I know the story. But oh my days, things have changed for me. Everything I thought I wow. knew about the world has changed. So stick around. I'm very excited about this story. Yeah, well, good. Um, and then uh, after that, um, back into reality, we will go. We will uh, go through another little Welsh tale from Old Clovis here that may or may not include some pretty wild accents. <laughs> so stick around, folks. Clovis, Wales is a weird place. Yes. I would second that. Weird stuff happens in Wales. I would like to know if you have experienced any of these uh, weird occurrences uh, in your um, life. Well, I was asking a lot of friends about this because I I, I initially couldn't really think of anything from around here because everyone's very, very honest. You know, everybody says to be honest a lot in uh, mid Wales. Um, so there isn't really a lot of kind of deception going on, but I did remember that, uh, in my, in my high school, uh, when I was very, when I was about in year seven or eight, so I would have been about 13, 14, um, we had a maths teacher. I'm not going to say his name, but we, but we, we had a maths teacher. Um, and he really didn't seem to know what he was doing at all. Um, he taught my, he also taught my sister GCSE maths. Um, and she said that in an entire year, being taught by him, they only learnt Pythagoras, which to be honest usually takes about half an hour. Um, I mean, to be fair, I don't know what that is. It's it's the it's the thing with with the triangle, isn't it? The uh, the uh, finding out the finding out the third angle of the triangle. Not sure if that really cracked the Canadian market. To be honest, <laughs> 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 um, I was probably not listening. But anyway, we had uh, a we had a big inspection in the school. Right. And uh, the school was actually then deemed the worst high school in Wales, which I'm, 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 I'm still quite proud of that. And then this, this, math, this math teacher just completely vanished. No one really oh knew God. where he'd gone. He's missing. Um, Is he a missing well, person? Na- Interpol? He's not. I did Google him and I, I couldn't find anything anywhere. So maybe, that, maybe it should be an investigation for yeah. another episode. But anyway, then rumours started to circulate. And apparently it turned out he, he had been, he'd been immediately removed because he wasn't a maths teacher at all he wasn't even he wasn't even a teacher what was he somehow this guy had 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 just had just been teaching maths in the school no one had really checked if he was actually a proper maths teacher or even a teacher at all so he uh he just kind of vanished one day and then and then a, a lot of things made sense like i remember i called my mate before coming on this podcast with you and he said oh yeah 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 i remember the guy wasn't a teacher was he there was this one um lesson where he he was explaining something, but he he was using the English language, but what he said was was making absolutely no sense. So they asked him to write it down on the board, and that also made no sense. He took this home and gave it to his dad, and his dad was like, "This 
this is complete gibberish. None of this makes any sense. Who, who, who is this guy teaching you? Turns out he actually didn't, he didn't know what he was doing. Wouldn't you just Google like math lessons plans? Yeah, but this was, this would have been about 2000, 2001, maybe. He didn't seem like a Google kind of guy, to be honest. He probably still doesn't Google. You know, I guess fake it till you make it. If you want to, you know, pretend to be someone else, you know, get on Google first, I would say. Hot tip. Um, was this man of Caucasian descent? Yeah. Yeah. Very, but- um, I, I would say very <laughs> Caucasian. <laughs> I think that is a, definitely a common denominator. Um, <laughs> I found in my research that... Um, if you're a white man and you just fancy doing yeah. something, you just do it. I guess, yeah. And hope he for the was best. a white, middle-aged man. Yeah. So I guess he just wanted to go, oh, I'm going to go and teach some Welsh. No, teach some... Oh, ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, high school, I'm going to come and teach maths. I, I love it, maths. I know all about it. I'm very white and very middle-aged. I'll exactly. do it. And, and uh, there we go. Yeah. Oh, goodness. Well, that's unfortunate. Um, thank you for sharing that. Okay, well, the time has come to get into what can only be described as the juiciest story in the history of the world. So today we have a very special case, a a case that 20 years on still continues to make headlines. It's even inspired a Western theatre production and a hit three-part series released last year in 2020. It's a tale of family pressures the bright lights of show business, and a shit ton of money. So our story today begins in a small town of Shardlow, Derbyshire, in 1963, when a baby was born into the world, as they often are. (laughs) That's not in Wales. No, no, it's not. What am I here for? Derbyshire? Yeah, I know, I know. Well, see, was it... uh, I, it's a case I've wanted to cover, and <laughs> and there is a there is there is a Welsh link, yes. but as you will come to see, it is a weak link, um, which could be a pun on a game show, but not the one we're covering. Anyway, um, just hold on, all you Welsh folk, property ping, and octi ping. That's it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Microwave. Yeah, that's um. That's a good one. Um, <laughs> so don't worry, the Welsh content will peak out at some point. Just listen out for it, okay? Calm down. Just stroke your sheep and shut up. Okay. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. So this baby, this Shardlow Derbyshire baby, who's named Charles Ingram. Now, Charles' father was a retired RAF wing commander. And his mother was a theatre designer. The two would unfortunately divorce when Charles was quite young. And he was raised largely at a boarding school in Shropshire. Shropshire? Yeah. It's, I mean, that's very close to Wales. Is it? I, I, As I sit here, I'm only about 20 miles from the Shropshire border. Yeah. It's getting closer. Derbyshire, now Shropshire. It's, it's going to be cre- a new town in a minute. Exactly. It's creeping up. So taking after his father, Charles would become besotted with the army life and after completing a Bachelor's of Science at Kingston, he would train with the British Army and was commissioned as an officer in the Royal Engineers before quickly climbing the ranks to end up in the position of Major in 1995. 
I don't know what any of those things mean. That is like, compl- I, I just see letters. I, I don't know anything about the army. I just know that I probably don't want to join it. Mm-hmm. So here we go. Here we go, Welshos. Exciting. While living in Cardiff. Cardiff, that's it. Yeah. Or, or, or if you would say in Welsh, uh, Cardiff. Okay, I'm not going to do that. Um, that is the capital of Wales for our international listeners. So while he was living in Cardiff uh, in his mid-twenties, Charles met a woman called Diana, who was there training to be a teacher. Or was she? She was. She was. That's not, that's not the scam bit. Um, the two fell in love and, and were married in 1989, uh, with the couple having three children in the years following. Now, in 1998, ITV, very popular um, British production company and channel, uh, launched a game show unlike any other. This game show was called Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? People across the country instantly became enthralled by the programme, attracting up to 19.2 million viewers. I remember it was... It was, I think I would have been about 10 when it first came out. And literally it was, it was, it was, it was one of the biggest shows on TV. It was kind of, it was really exciting. Yeah. It was like a totally new game show thing. It was, it was properly exciting. So as trivia buffs, Diana Ingram and her brother, Adrian Pollock, quickly got to work on their applications. Through their passion for the programme, the two became involved in a somewhat of a network for people across the UK that were determined to get themselves on the show. The group traded tricks and ideas for how to manipulate the application process, which involved mimicking a robot voice, as it was suspected that the computers weeded out regional accents, something that oh, would wow. later yeah, it would later to be deemed that is not the case and they just were acting like robots for no reason. <laughs> And thousands of phone calls to Who Wants to Be a Millionaire hotline where callers would be asked a closest to question. Say, for example, how many radio stations are there in America? And the 100 people that were with the closest answers would then be put through to the next stage. Mm. Adrian Pollock also crafted a tool which was designed to help him practice for the fastest finger first round of the show, which is a round where the contestants must answer a question the quickest to win a spot in the hot seat. Yeah, that was how you actually got on it, wasn't it? Yeah. Because yeah, at, at the start of the show, there'd be kind of like, I don't know, 10 people or something sat yeah. around. And then, yeah, imagine being one of those people who then just never got on. It must have been gutting. You, you just sat there watching so people close. win yeah. money. Feet away. And you never got on it. Well, this is something that obviously the these these folks were aware of and they thought, not on my watch. This device made its way around the Ingram and Pollock homes to ensure all were as well-equipped as they could be for their time on the programme. After extensive research and practice, both Diana Ingram and her brother, Adrian, managed to secure a spot on the show, both walking away with a whopping £32,000. Wow. So their work paid off. They were doing great. A lot, yeah. By the 27th of January 2001, Charles Ingram finally managed to make it onto the show. But it wouldn't be until September 9th that Charles finally made it into the hot seat across from host Chris Tarrant. So perhaps we should go a little bit into the show and how it works. 
So yeah. as Clovis said previously, basically what happens is there's a, a group of selected individuals who sort of sit on the sidelines and are given a couple of questions per, per episode where they have the chance to to get into the hot scene. Yeah, they do that by whoever answers the question correctly the quickest, right? Fastest finger first. Fastest finger first, aptly named. Um, and then on the program itself, there's a selection of questions where you sort of, yeah, you work your way up to the million dollar question. You have three what are called lifelines. Uh, you have ask the audience where the audience is polled and you can kind of uh, take their answers and decide what you want to go with. There's 50-50 yeah. where two of the four answer, potential answers are, are eliminated. And then there's um, phone a friend where you're able the to... Classic phone a friend. Yeah, call your smartiest smart pants and ask for their advice. So in the first seven questions of the programme... Charles had already used two of these lifelines and the show ended up wrapping up with £4,000 in the pot with the plans to reconvene the next day for part two. Hmm. So having stumbled on what many saw as quite simple questions, one of which involved Craig David, who he announced he was not aware of, which in <sighs> itself is concerning. Not be aware of Craig David, particularly at that time. Yeah. Was... Uh... That's that's quite a shock. I think even now, if you don't know who Craig David is, you can get the fuck out. As far yeah, as I'm concerned, yeah. yeah, just 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 leave now. Please leave. Do you, Clovis? Do you know who? I know who Craig okay, David is. Great. But you would say that. But um, <laughs> having stumbled on on these questions, the expectations for Charles were were quite low from you know the audience and the producers. So he was on. He was on what four thousand. Mm-hmm. Which is pretty low, isn't it? Yeah. So he was on four thousand, but he only had one lifeline left. Is it correct? Yeah, he's he's, he's not going to go far. Yeah, exactly. He's gone. He's gone. It's going to be the first fifteen minutes of the next program, and then he's going to be off with yeah. I don't know, maybe eight thousand yeah. at the most. Like he'd do well to get to eight. Yeah. And this this is what people were thinking, but um, what people noticed is that Charles' behaviour appeared to change significantly the next evening. So after every question. He would repeat the answer and verbally sort of mull each of them over. Many people noticed Charles' off-kilter attitude of impulsively selecting an answer that he had previously shown very little interest in, resulting in a string of correct answers. So mm. they would be like, what is an apple called in French? And she would be like, no idea, I don't know. And then suddenly a wave of inspiration would come over him and he would be 100% sure it was palm. I know how to say apple in French. Um, oh, and then, of course... That was good. Thank you. Um, and then, of course, the, the the answer would be correct. Were they getting suspicious, like, during the show or well, with this afterwards? Some, yeah, some stated that they were, but, of course, hindsight, perhaps twenty twenty. Yeah. yeah. As the pot continued to grow... Audiences watched in amazement as the man who seemed hopeless during the first half of the game now appeared to be heading straight for that million pound question. Wow. So with thousands and thousands of people across the country biting their nails and producers watching in confusion, host Chris Tarrant relayed the final question. Clovis. Yeah. I ask you. A number follows... By a hundred zeros is named by what name? 
Is it A, Google, spelt G-O-O-G-O-L? B, Megatron? Uh-huh. C, Gigabit? Uh-huh. Or D, Nanomole? Wow. Um, I have I have no idea. I'm I would I would if if I had to guess. See, I've heard that a Google is a kind of number. Um, I haven't heard of the other ones, so I'd go with Google. Well, Clovis, you would be a millionaire. Oh, fuck, really? Wow. I actually did know that because I just remember at school, like people being like, what, 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 Miss Baker, Miss Baker, what's a, what's a, because we actually had a good math teacher who was a real math teacher and she was able to tell us it was a Google. Considering I didn't have a real math teacher, it's quite a shock that I got that. Against the odds, just yeah. A, a, yeah. rising from the ashes. Rising from the ashes of the, of the worst high school in Wales, <laughs> once again. <laughs> And just like that, after years of studying the show and countless applications, Major Charles Ingram had become a millionaire. As confetti fell from the rafters, the Ingrams celebrated and the two walked out of the studio with heavy wallets and grinning faces. But there was something on the minds of the producers. How did a man, he barely scraped by the first round and displayed what many would refer to as quite erratic behaviour, end up leaving with the top cash prize. They sensed something fishy going on. Yeah, definitely. You see, throughout the second evening, various coughs were noticed throughout the studio. Diana Ingram appeared to have a periodic tickle in her throat, while fellow player and college professor, Tequin Widdick, appeared to suffer from a similar ailment. Tequin we should definitely note, is Welsh. So just really, just that's the that's basically the only link here. I mean, they I lived mean, in Wales and stuff, but... Tequen, it's a beautiful... I mean, Tequen Whittock as well. It's a fantastic name just to say. Yeah, I don't understand how that's a thing. Um, does Tequen mean anything? Uh, yeah, uh, it would be um, Tegwin, which Tequen would have come from, and Teg is beautiful... And Gwyn is white. So it would have been white and beautiful. White or like fair Gwyn. Right. So Tequin would, would have been beautiful and fair or beautiful and white. Right. Well, he is white. Um, no, I wouldn't is, go as far to say beautiful. Is he so beautiful? No. He has a beautiful name though. Tequin Whittock. I mean, it's strong. It's definitely strong. I'll give Very him strong name. So while watching back the tapes, the producers noticed that as Charles Ingram would repeat the multiple choice answers back, coughs could be heard following the correct answers. Of course, this didn't happen with every question, but it was frequent enough for Celador, the production company behind the programme, to receive an influx of allegations regarding a plot that involved Diana Ingram, her brother and former contestant, Adrian Pollock, and our friend, Tequin Whittock. Tequin. So it wouldn't be long before the prize money was retracted and the case was opened to prove that the money was won unlawfully. Wow. Yes. So what followed was a four-week-long trial at Southwark Crown Court, which saw the prosecution argue that Diana Ingram and Tequin Whittock had conspired to feed Charles answers through strategically timed coughs throughout the show. 
Host of the show, Chris Tarrant, recalls witnessing Diana and Charles arguing loudly backstage after the million-pound win, something he noted as odd, as the couple, of course, should have been happy since becoming millionaires. The prosecution yeah. also noted records of a short phone call between Diana Ingram and Tequin Wittick after the first evening of filming. A phone call that they proposed was a conversation to confirm the coughing plan was still on for the next wow. evening. So why didn't they do it on the first time he went on? Well, of course, we'll never know. Um, so they just he, let him do quite badly the first time. And then they thought, shit, he's doing quite badly. We'd, we'd better think of some way to... Perhaps, yeah, this is this is kind of one of the theories. So it and, might have been quite a quickly, a, a, a kind of quickly thrown together plan. Mm, yeah, it could have been sort of maybe a backup plan and then they're just like, right, we need plan B. This is not going well. Yeah. Not going so well. The, Charles, Charles, Charles is a bit thick. He's a big dum-dum. I married an idiot. So the trial resulted in the Ingrams and Tequin Wittick being found guilty of procuring the execution of a valuable security by deception. Right. So rolls that's, off the tongue. Can you imagine? <laughs> what are you in for? Uh, just, you know, the old procuring the execution of valuable security <laughs> by deception. So the Ingrams were fined £15,000, uh, told to pay £10,000 in costs, and received 18-month prison sentences, suspended for two years, while Taquin Widdick was fined £10,000 and given a 12-month prison sentence, suspended for two years. And they had to give the money back, of course. Yes. As well. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So a few months later, the Army Board requested Charles Ingram resign from his role of major and on August 20th, 2003, he was officially no longer involved in the army. Wow. So for many, the story ends there, but there are quite a lot of people, of course, including the Ingrams and uh, Mr. Wittick, who completely deny any wrongdoing and reject the coughing played any role in the game. Yeah. In 2006, UK journalist John Ronson published a piece in The Guardian which highlighted some alternative theories on the case. He set out to speak to Charles Ingram with the hopes that after the dust had settled, it had been a few years, of course, since the, uh, the occurrence, that he would come clean about cheating. But Charles Ingram continued to adamantly plead his innocence. Charles refers John to a fellow who wants to be a millionaire alumni called James Plaskett. James was so convinced of the three's innocence that he had written an essay and later co-authored a book on the topic. In the essay, he highlights the case of Judith Keppel, the first person to take home the million pound prize. James states, audible, although unamplified, audience coughs just after her first enunciating the correct answer, but before her definitely committing by saying final answer, are clearly discernible at the 2,000, 4,000, 64,000, 500,000 and million pound questions. Oh, good Lord. And one is faintly discernible at the £8,000 question as well. So that is six of the last 10 questions, which is just the same as Ingram. And she, is she the lady who was then on eggheads? Yes. Ah. Oh. So, was Judith a cheat as well? Was it the same huh? plot? This is was it the question. same people? No, because well, they, I'm 
jumping into another whole theory there. Clovis's theories. Well, let's take a closer look at coughing, shall we? James Plaskett goes on to highlight that coughing can often be prompted subconsciously. So he says, these are illustrations of responsive coughing. People are known to cough on unconscious triggers. People with coughs and throat irritations may experience the need to cough as the correct answer to a question, one which they knew were red eight. Nerves, of course, could be accounted for it. So at the trial, our Welsh friend, Tequin, told the court about a persistent cough that he has had throughout his life. A medical professional confirmed this diagnosis as a cough variant of asthma to the jury. David Aubrey, who is the defence lawyer, uh, is stated as saying, so when was this plan supposedly hatched? During a late night phone call on September 9th, lasting less than five minutes, is it really likely that Mr. Wittick would take part in such a hastily conceived scheme? Wouldn't he have said, you can't count on me, I'm liable to cough at any time? Mm. So in 2017, playwright James Graham premiered a theatre adaptation on the case, which eventually made its way to London's West End and was nominated for two Olivier Awards. By 2019, filming had begun for a TV adaptation, which would star Matthew McFadden, Michael Sheen, Sean Clifford, and the lovely Irish Ashling B. Fantastic. Across, very fantastic. <laughs> so they start in a three-part series, which aired on ITV uh, in 2020. The programme was praised for its portrayal of the scandal, with even Charles Ingram himself tweeting in support. The Ingrams today continue to claim their innocence, and since the release of Quiz, have actually shared information on their next appeal. So the Ingrams' defence lawyer is quoted as saying, Back in the time of the trial in 2003, cough analysis wasn't a thing. And in fact, there was a prosecution expert who came along and said that cough analysis is uncharted territory. Advances have taken place since then, which does allow analysis that lends itself to some degree of authorship. I don't want to overstate it, but there is an ability now to discern between different people making coughs in a way that wasn't possible in 2003. So, wow. There we I, have it, folks. I had no idea that, that, that the actual decision that they had defrauded the programme was now in so much doubt. Yeah, I th- and I, I thought it. I mean, because I'd 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 kind of heard this story and thought, oh yeah, they were the people who who just faked it. Mm. But now it's not it's not it's not so clear. I know, right? That's Amazing. as I said when I when I started out, you know, researching this episode. I was like, cool, it will take me like an hour because I know this yeah. shit. And now I'm just like, what is real? So our friend and- Tech, our friend Tech and Whittock could just have been coughing. Subcon- he, he could have been doing his cough subconsciously when he knew the answer to something, wasn't able to say it, but then that was subconsciously coming out as a cough. It wasn't necessarily him trying to tell the guy that's the answer. Well, exactly. I think that like when people look at the case and they see like, like it's undeniable that there were coughs by mm. him on, you know, many of the sort of final questions around mm. the time where Charles Ingram, you know, read out the correct answer. Mm. So I think for a lot of people, that is enough to be like, well, of course, you can't deny that, you know. Mm. But I think, yeah, our body does, subconsciously does things, doesn't it? Yeah, of course. And and especially if you do have, you know, what he appears to have, which is, you know, a chronic chronic cough. Yeah. um, 
it's it's absolutely realistic that that was the case. I think that the you know things like the phone call um, and yeah. the fact that you know there was this network, and I believe there still mm-hmm. is, of mm. people who uh, have been on the program and who definitely aren't cheating, but they're sort of exchanging information to try to you know mm. increase yeah, their tr- chances, trying to figure out ways around things. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think those things are obviously compiled. Yeah. Um, and of course, the fact that before the the second day of filming, he was so he was visibly so yeah. so bad at it. Had had used his lifelines and was only on four thousand. Then suddenly the next day was just almost seemingly randomly guessing at things and just getting them. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, I mean, I was going to say jury's out. Jury's not out. They were charged, but <laughs> but in terms of you know, like what I think, I I think it could really be either way. I think wow. that it is compelling that that um, they're continuing to fight the charges yeah, you know, you, 20 years later. You would think that if they definitely did it, they they would just go, oh, okay, fine. You yeah. got us, whatever. Or I mean, may, maybe, maybe not in public, but they wouldn't then continue to, to fight it so much. Um, mm. It's extraordinary. Yeah. And you too, but, like, I kind of felt for him when I was reading about having to leave his, his role uh, yeah. you know, in the army, because yeah. apparently as well, the army um, was, they lived in like an army house. So they had to move and, you yeah. know, it really had a huge impact on their lives. And yeah. if they are innocent, of course, that's, that's devastating. Um, yeah. But, um, but yeah. Uh, and of course now, if it, if it did go to court again or something, or there was some kind of appeal, if it can't be, fully proved proven that they did cheat they're gonna they're gonna have their million pounds back i guess <laughs> they'd have to i mean they? it's a bold statement <laughs> they'd have to though do you think like, i don't know i feel well, like, like they corporations will find ways won't they oh yeah 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 probably i don't know and also what would the would it be inflation yeah, would they have to adjust for inflation oh, on a million pound? Oh because yeah, when was this? Two thousand and one, was it? Yeah, yeah, twenty years. What, what would that be worth now? A well, billion. Let's find out. Oh my days! One million six hundred sixty-four eight hundred twenty-eight and sixty-seven. So it's like another six hundred and another yeah. six hundred thousand. Jesus. Oh, what a, that would be such a like a mic drop moment is if they won be. and then they had to get like, you know, yeah, yeah 60%. Yeah, or more. just if the court couldn't prove that they were cheating, that it was now ambiguous, then yeah, they'd have to get it back. But then they could they could say, Yeah, but you will you you've got to adjust it adjust it for inflation. So you're now always one point six million. I bet I bet that they're probably aware, I'm sure that they've Googled that. And maybe that's why they're also trying so hard. Maybe. I, I mean, like it's a huge it's production company. Story. They'll they'll find a loophole somewhere, you know. Yeah, yeah. But wow, it's a I didn't know it was going to take that case. twist at the end. I know, right? It's extraordinary. I because I do. That... Go on. I thought that Tequin Wittick was the guy who had actually done the cheating. I didn't even realize he was the one doing the coughing. Yeah. Him and Charles Ingram's wife were the ones with the people coughing. I thought he was the guy in the chair. No. 
Wow. No, I told you the Welsh link was weak. <laughs> well, it's it's tenuous, isn't it? But fantastic. <laughs> yeah, so that's the te- I mean, what do you think? You're on the jury. Are these guys oh, guilty man. or what? Oh, I I I want them not to be now. Yeah. I kind of want them not to be. I mean, I have I have no idea. I mean, it does sound fishy. You can see you can you can see both sides easily, but with this new mm. kind of coughing analysis and <laughs> I can I can kind of believe that like psychologically or subconsciously you could, you know, if like your friend is down there trying to answer the questions and you know the question, you might not mm. be consciously going, <coughs> it's fucking C, mate, C. <laughs> but you you may well do something involuntary on that. And if you have an involuntary cough that you, that you often have, then maybe it can come out in that way. I don't know, yeah. maybe. But then even if, if Tequin Whittick's coughs weren't, um, deliberate, but he was coughing on the correct answer, and Charles Ingram was listening to it and could hear it. Is that cheating? Mm. Like if Charles clocked on that he was coughing. Yeah, if Charles Ingram had had figured this out, but Tequin Whittock didn't know about this. Yeah, or you know, it could be even like a like maybe Tequin did start to clock on to himself. Yeah. And still wasn't consciously going like, <clears throat> but was also not really fighting it when it slipped out. Yeah. And then Charles is sitting there going, oh, shit. And they're both going, oh, shit. You know, maybe something like that. A little yeah. bit in between. But because they had an argument afterwards, didn't they? Or, or was that Tequan and Charles Ingram's wife? No, it was, it was Charles Ingram. Yeah, and Diane Ingram. So they had an argument. Well, supposedly, mm. this is what, you know, Chris Tyrant says. Yeah. Um, and he was like, oh, yeah, it was very weird. It was like, is it weird, though? Because, like, that's what you do when you get married. <laughs> <laughs> Just in any, in any setting. But also, I guess it's one of those things where often we would assume that people in a very extraordinary situation would react in a certain way. But actually, mm. when you are in that extraordinary situation, you may well exactly. not react in that way. Like, of course, all of us would imagine that if that if your partner or wife or husband won a million pounds, you would both be jumping up and down. But, I mean, who's actually been in that situation? Yeah, exactly. Ba- basically no one. So maybe, actually, it's quite your head's all over the place. Maybe they had an argument about yeah. something else. I don't know. I don't know. You can't just assume that they would definitely be just jumping up and down for joy. I, yeah, I don't know if I would. I, like, I, don't I know. think that I mean, it'd be a lot to I think would be about. quite overwhelmed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and, and even if you look at it from the other side of the coin, like of course, when people when something horrible happens to people, yeah. you expect them to have this, you know, certain sort of textbook reaction. But of course, we know that that's not always the case. But yeah, it's such a wild tale, and I'm really sort of story. interested to see what happens. Um, Charles Ingram is uh, a tweeter, a very um, avid tweeter. Yeah. Um, most of it is stuff that I don't care about enough to read, so mm-hmm. that's good. I don't know if he has any like pop culture weigh-ins or anything. I know yeah. that um, after the program, they actually did a few sort of funny appearances and things. They did an episode of Wife Swap. Did they? Um, yeah, with Jade Goody. Was this um, before it had come out that that they no? that it was deemed a hoax? What afterwards? Yeah. So well, it was obviously sort of deemed a hoax very early on. Pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, and they never they've never shone away from the spotlight, and they've done all sorts of little things. I think they went on wow. the weakest link as well. Um, 
Amazing. Okay, so rumor has it you have got a bit of a juicy tale for us about a little fake do. fraud deception in old Wales town. A little bit of a fraud in Wales. Well, a mm. hoax, a hoax rather than a fraud. Uh, it's it's not as juicy as that story. I mean, I'm my mind is my mind is blown. Well, we got it. Let's like let's chill the people out. They're probably so worked up right now. Yeah, probably signing petitions and all sorts. They're on so, they're on Charles Ingram's Twitter, seeing what he's yeah. tweeting about. <laughs> exactly. Let's just let's just calm things down now. Let's let's yeah. take it back to reality, and um, with a nice old fashioned Welsh hoax story. Yes, I have a story um, of a duo, a duo who harboured a grudge against a council um, in South Wales. Uh, and they made a series of bomb hoax calls warning Ooh. that a bomb was about to be detonated at the council offices. Now, this was this was a couple of years ago in uh, Ebouville, which is in South Wales. That's, that's not a word. Ebouville. That's it, isn't it? The Vale of Ebu. Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> now, apparently, they they did this three times. They didn't just do this once. They did it three times over the Christmas period in 2018. Oh, uh, Christmas! Yeah, Christmas, That's Christmas. Baby, baby Jesus's B day. That's it, Baby Jesus. But get this: they called it Operation Reindeer, and the phone well, they calls. Put, wait, wait, were they saying that the bombs were on reindeer? Oh, they were using flying I mean, reindeer they sh- to. They sh- they should have said that. Right. Um, so Honestly, this is untapped creativity. That if, so, if you're wanting to make bomb threats, do let me know because I'll, so, I'll make uh, them pretty wild. <laughs> don't, just kidding. Don't do bomb threats. <laughs> no. Uh, as is the the uh, moral of this tale, I think. Yeah. Uh, so property landlord uh, Lawrence. What's his oh, name? Here? Ronald like Lawrence. Shitbag. Anyway, Ronald. Yeah, property landlord. Landlord obviously yeah. wouldn't be very popular with with your guest last week. Yes, um, and but, dis- and also quite funny that his name is Ronald because we had a Ronnie in our last last Did week's you? episode. Yeah, oh yeah, he was the cat, yeah. the catfish guy. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Uh, see, it's it's all interconnected, isn't it? It's all connected yeah. up. Uh, so, uh, property property landlord uh, Lawrence and disgruntled ex Blynau Gwent council worker. They're always disgruntled, aren't they? Oh, uh, a disgruntled. I'd love a disgruntled ex ex worker ex colleague. Uh, then, uh, yeah, they made they, they made three hoax calls during the festive period. Um, the now, it's very funny because Ronald Lawrence was the one who made these, but he put on a fake Irish accent. But he was Welsh. He was, I think he's English, but he was living in Wales at the time. Abba Tilleri. They were living Abba Tilleri. Oh, God, That's okay. it. Now, Abba, here's some Welsh facts for you. Abba means at the mouth of a river. So if you if you or any listeners ever go to Wales, you'll see a lot of, oh, why am I talking about this? You'll see a lot of places that are called Abba, something like Aberystwyth. You must have heard of, heard of, mm, must have heard of Aberystwyth. Yeah, yeah Aberystwyth. Uh, Abba Tilleri, this one. Abba Davi. Abba Hondi. Uh, lots of Abbas, and it means mouth of the river something. So Abba Davi, mouth of the river Davi. Abba, Abba Tilleri, mouth of the river Tilleri. There's just some facts for you there. Okay. I was really hoping you were going to link it into the Swedish pop band, but you didn't, so. Oh, no, that's true. Yeah, no, I, I, I try and stay away. I try to stay as far away from them as I can. <laughs> uh, one, of your, one of your things. Yeah. Um, so they put on fake Irish accents and called the council offices. Um, and this was because Ronald Lawrence's... Bring, bring, Ronald bring, Lawrence's... Bring. <laughs> Hello? <laughs> 
I wonder if it was like a Northern Irish accent. Or like I know Southern that's what Irish I was accent. thinking. Hello there. Dublin, Belfast. As, as that's the council offices. That there, was good. There was yeah. a bomb, so do you say there was? So there was. Under the offices, it's going to go off, so it is. Sorry, we're just, someone has hacked onto the, the call. <laughs> He's calling us. He's calling us. Oh, right. <laughs> so, uh, oh, so, and here's the actual things that he said in his, in his Irish accent. So he said, the first, the first call took place on December 20th, Mr. Lawrence put on an Irish accent and he said, should we be Southern Irish or Northern Irish? Uh, let's go, let's go Southern this time. Shall we go Southern this time? I'm not, I'm not as good as the Southern. It's probably, there are probably some Irish people that are going to be very upset with this, but uh, it's, it's, uh, it's all gone a little bit uh, Terry Wogan. Um, my call sign is Operation Reindeer. This is your first and final warning. There's a bomb in the Civic Center. So he, he called saying his call sign is Operation Reindeer. Yeah, that's weird. That's very weird. And then, and then a day later, as if that wasn't fun enough, he called the Media Wales office in Cardiff and told the journalist, do not interrupt me. There is a device in the building. There's absolutely no security. All devices are remotely controlled. You have one hour to clear the, to clear the building. That's a long time. Yeah, yeah that, that's, that, that's like ages. That's like, okay, fine. We'll go out after lunch. His, his, his defender said that when Lawrence was arrested, he dismissed what he'd done as a schoolboy prank. Because, you know, when we were schoolboys here in Wales, we were always doing that kind of shit. You know, oh, what should we do this afternoon? Well, let's go and call a council and tell them there's a bomb. That'll be, that'll be brilliant, won't it? That'll be a good old prank. They'll think it's hilarious, won't they? You know, there's... So what were the reactions from the, the people who were receiving these calls? Well, I mean... I would imagine that from most of the most of the workers in the building, they were probably quite pleased. They're probably like, "Oh, great, we'd get to go outside I've for done. a couple of hours." Yeah. Um, apparently, it cost twenty thousand pound to have these three evacuations. Um, <laughs> his, his 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 defender also said uh, that uh, for seventy one years he's led an exemplary life. Ex- well, so, he was proper, so this guy was, was exemplary up until like, his schoolboy pranks of saying there's a bomb in the building. Right. And also, like, I'm pretty sure their defense lawyer doesn't know what they got up to when they were like five. <laughs> so when are you like, when are you starting the clock? You can't start it from birth. <laughs> it's uh, it just seems like such a such a crazy thing. To, so he, to, he to was. He, so did he get sacked? Do we know? Oh, well, he didn't work there. It, it, what it do you was, mean? It was the woman who worked there. Um, oh, was he doing his it as accomplice? But he, his company, was apparently being investigated for fraud. His company, which I couldn't find out any more any more information on, but his company was was being investigated for fraud or something. She you had can't do a fraud because like you can't <laughs> and then do you a can't fraud. like layer the frauds. <laughs> great, and hope that uh, they won't get to the first bottom fraud. Yeah, but his 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 accomplice Goodwin. Uh, no, no. Uh, yes, Goodwin uh, uh, had a brush with the law. Was some kind of data protection act conviction from a few years before, which she must have still been annoyed about or something. I don't really know. This article doesn't explain it very well. And actually, none of the articles I found explained it very well. Um, but it just—it was just quite funny. Welsh. Is this comment like on the article from like Wales Today or whatever? On the article. Nice. I've actually it's got a comment. I need. Slowly. I can share about my case as well. That oh, I great. Found. I mean, that's where the real, don't read the article, just jump to the comments. That's it. Just, you know, don't read the Facebook post. Go go straight to the comments. That's where you yeah. find all the good stuff. Yeah. 
honey bet just says idiots uh military Imagine. apostle says military well how well, oh, <laughs> well had they not well had they not been caught i would have said good for them Good for them. What do you mean, military apostle? It's good to waste everyone's time. Uh, Blank 53 said, was you there when they made the call? And how can you say that? You should be ashamed of yourself. And the other idiot Greg Wood exile, both Muppets. Hope it never happens to anyone. And glad they got caught. Teach them a lesson in prison. Hope they rot. Obviously, uh, which is a common theme with questions. This is not very well written. But um, obviously, this is someone who didn't read the article because they didn't, in fact, go to prison. Their their sentences were suspended. Um, So saying they hope they rot in prison obviously shows he hasn't done very much research. Um, And then Doly Boy at the end says, uh, locked up for 20 years under prevention of terrorism would be a start. So lock him up for 20 years would be a start, according to him. So I I just love the kind of anger in those Mm. uh, in those comments, apart from the one who was supporting them. Yeah, I um I found some interesting uh, evidence um, of the guilt actually uh, of uh, the Ingrams in a oh, comment right. section of a Guardian article, uh, which read, um, "My children went to school with their children, and their children told my children that they were cheating. What more proof do you want?" <laughs> well, Nancy, I would like a lot more proof. Because first of all, children are fucking liars. If we did a show all about lying children, there would be five billion episodes by now. We all know that a very a very common way that a lot of people get convicted is uh, when juries don't really know whether it's whether it's one way or the other. They go and ask them. Oh, so what did your kids say in school to the other kids? Oh, yeah. they said you did it. All oh, right, there we go. There. Classic, classic, classic. Yeah, also, there is no fucking way that they told their kids who were like, you know, like eight and ten or something at the time. Like, hey, guys, we're going to be fucking rich. We've got this scheme with this coughing Welsh man. Don't tell anyone. Pinky promise. I'll buy you a pony. That's not going to happen. Definitely wouldn't have said, yeah, hey, kids, uh, last night, right, we won loads of money on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, right? It's really good. We got tons of money, but okay. I'm going to tell you this stuff because we trust you and we know you're not going to tell anyone else in the playground, but can you, we actually cheated. There was this whole thing with Tequin, you know, Tequin, the guy who comes around for, for, you know, for a hot chocolate most nights. Yeah. Him, lovely uncle Tequin. Yeah. Him. Right. We had this whole plot. So can you just not tell anyone in the school that like as if. Yeah. I just, I mean, and if they did, then they deserve to get caught (laughs) because don't trust a bitch. And by a bitch, I mean Rosie, the child. So um, do you, um, Glennis, think that they cheated or not? What do you think? I don't know. I'm on the fence. No, I'm actually, I don't think I'm on the fence. I think I'm definitely leaning towards the fact that they're innocent. Wow. I know. Which kind of like makes them disqualified from the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But here we are. Yeah. Like that I'm not really that Welsh. Maybe they're not really that fake either. We live in a post-truth world. Oh, man. Nervous. You can't believe anything. I know. Fucking fake news. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, I've had a lovely time, and that's all that matters. Uh, we uh, are on the internet. 
and we are uh, Fakes and Frauds pod on Instagram, really just scraping by by like 120 followers, and it is sad and embarrassing. So please, for fuck's sake, follow us. Follow, rate, um, and review. Yeah, Clovis is not really an internet guy, um, but he has a. Maybe you've got something you want to tell I have, people about. I have my I have my Instagram and my website. If you just Google Adaband, that is that is me. How do you spell it's that? Add uh, a and then band. It's just add a band. <laughs> oh wait, add as an add. Add as in as in add. Yeah, like you're doing a maths lesson. When you add a band yeah. to, I mean, thing. I wouldn't know personally, but okay, um, yeah, yeah, no. yeah, rumors, yeah, yeah. yeah so cool. like you have a song um, and then you add a band to it. Right, I thought that's, this is one word. Add a band. No, didn't get it. You can make okay. it one word if you want. Anyway, yeah, <laughs> that's me. If you if you need some uh, music recorded and you happen to be kicking around mid Wales, you need some music mastered. You need some music uh, listened to. Um, yeah, then, I can. Uh, I, I can listen to music as well. Yeah. Okay. No need to brag. Um, Thank you very much for having me. It's been rate a and subscribe. Or if you have any or any more information about Technomatic Charting. Yeah. If you um, know his whereabouts. Those lot, do let us know. Ring lettuce. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Thank you.